Thank you, Lord, again, for the opportunity that I have today. I just, I, I thank you, God, for the privilege of standing before your people. And God, I pray that it's not a bunch of good words or good thoughts that come up today, Lord, but it's your word in us. I just empty myself of what, how I think things should go. God, just fill me with your presence. Lead me by your spirit. And you receive the honor and glory for everything that's said from here today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, last week, you know, we, we talked about the vision and what we need to have that vision for 2020 and, and the guidance that we received from the Lord. And these altars were filled in both services last week. It's awesome because we're hungry, right? We want what God has for us doing the things that God is calling us to do. And I have the privilege today of talking about discipleship. If you have your Bibles or, or on your app, we're going to look at Matthew 28, 19 through 20. And this is known as the Great Commission. Verse 19 says, Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. Old and a profound Statement right up front. So are you guys ready for this? Yes. Both being a disciple and making disciples requires interaction with people. <laughs> right. Right. I can see some of the faith. Like you had me. Great commission. We're good. Yeah. But interacting with people. Whoa, 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 whoa. That's... Slow down a little bit here, right? People look at this verse and they say, yeah, well, you know, that was for the disciples. You know, Jesus, everybody else, man, I don't need everybody else. But that's not true, as you'll see as we look in his word today. I give to you that you love one another as I have loved you that you also love one another. That's, that's kind of just says it like it is, doesn't it? So how is it that we can love one another if we don't talk to one another? If we don't interact with each other? If, if we're isolated? His word tells us the same way that Jesus loves us in giving his life. That's how we love each other. Romans 15, verse 14 says, Now I myself am able also to admonish one another. Ephesians 4.25 says, Therefore, putting away lying, let each of you speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. All right, Todd. It's one thing to interact with people in church, right? But now we're bringing our neighbors into this? <laughs> That's how we love one another. Colossians 3.16 says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. There's many, many verses throughout the, the scriptures that talks about 
one another and together and one another and how we need each other in this journey. Wednesday, uh, how, how many of you guys were in prayer on Wednesday? We had a prayer and worship. It was incredible, wasn't it? Just a time of, of, of soaking in, in God's presence and, and worship and prayer. And Pastor Otis shared the vision of how this year and this coming year we're going to be talking about together. Together and how we need each other be able to fulfill what it is that God is calling and asking us to do. 1 Peter 4, 9 says this, Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. That's what it says. <laughs> People are like, what version is he reading up there? That one's not in my... That one's in my. <laughs> and the very next verse, verse 10 says, Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. We're stewards of God's grace. His grace looks different in every single one of us, but we're to share that with each other. So today, I want to address three areas that I believe discipleship. And it's important that we understand the truth of who we are in Christ. First one is this. So many people struggle with becoming actively involved because of feeling unworthy. A feeling of not being good enough, not having what it takes. We ask ourselves that question, am I worthy? Let's read what the scriptures say. In Luke 5, Simon Peter, it, it's, it's a portion of scripture that a lot of us are familiar with, right? Where he was out fishing. He's, he's a fisherman. He knows what he's doing. Does it all the time. And was out fishing all night. And no fish at all. And Jesus told him, go ahead, go out, push your boat out, and cast on the side. And what happens? Right? There's so many fish that the nets are actually breaking you know, I'm not sure how we would respond to that where, you know, hey, listen, I, I know what I'm doing. I do this, you know, all the time. I have way more experience. But something happened when God says to do something and we react out of that obedience. And we remember that, but do we remember what Simon Peter, what his response was? In verse 8, it says, when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, depart from me. I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish, which they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. That, it's a simple statement, but do we really understand those times where we're in God's presence? And I think sometimes we're, we get in our own head like, I don't, de I don't deserve this. you know what I've done? Do you know what I've been through? I can't stand in front of people and, and, and think, yeah, yeah, I, I got it. It's all together. I, that feeling of I'm not, I'm not worthy. He felt the same way just because of the awesomeness of, of what God was doing. And the second part of what Jesus said, not only do not be afraid, but from now on, 
you will catch men. So it's not enough just to say, okay, it's okay, you're fine. But when we, when we come to them in that type of heart and that type of attitude, it's don't be afraid because I've called you to do this. See, God has a plan and he has a purpose for every single one of us. And, and when we come to that point where we submit and stop looking at ourselves in a certain way or maybe what other people think, we can simply just focus on the Lord and he's calling us. John 3.16, right? Super familiar portion of scripture. Do we all know it? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I think sometimes we see it, we read it. Oh, we've heard it so many times that we kind of gloss over it. Sometimes we think, well, the world, right? This bigger, who in here is part of the world? Most of you are raising your hands. If you're not, there's a special session after service. That's all of us, right? We, we are the world, right? That's every single one of us. And sometimes we think in this big grand scheme, like, wow, the world. But sometimes we need to stop and say, for God so loved Todd, me. For God so loved you, the individual. God so loves you that he gave Jesus the Jesus came for us. That's the value we have with God. That's having worth. Matthew 6, 20, uh, 6 verse 26 says this. Look at the birds of the air. For they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? The birds have everything they need. We were created in his image. We have everything we need. That's the value. That's the worth. That's how God sees us. Zephaniah 3.17, as, as I read earlier, the Lord your God is in your midst. The mighty one will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. This, this, like, I can't process this in, in my mind. Maybe it's a guy thing. Maybe some of those guys are a little more conservative, laid back. Can you imagine singing over someone? You know, I love you so much. You're amazing. Right? Like, man, but, but God... The creator, that's how he sees us. He takes joy in just watching us. That's the value. That's the worth that every single one of us have. So I'm here to declare to you this morning, you are worthy. Amen? Amen. Amen. The second area I want to look at is this. So many people, we worry about what other people think. Or we're seeking approval from other people, right? I'm sure we can relate to this. What will people say? 
What if I get up there? Is it the wrong thing? Is it the right thing? Am I going to look foolish? And we, and we worry about this, and it stops us from stepping out into what God is asking us to do. Galatians 1.10 says this, For do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I still pleased men, I would not be a bondservant of Christ. If we're going after people's affection and trying to look a certain way in front of other people, we're doing it the wrong way. We focus on Christ. 1 Thessalonians 2 verse 4 says this, But as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, even so we speak not as pleasing men, but God who tests our hearts. So it's clear that we don't do these things because we want everybody else to see us a certain way. We do it because we love the Lord. Philippians 4, verse 6 and 7 says this, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So when God is asking us to step out, our minds, right, they'll start, oh, my goodness, what am I going to do? There's no way, you know. And, and for me, getting ready today, all right, uh, what am I, I going to wear? Am I going to look okay? Is, uh, is my beard trimmed just the right way so it's okay? What's the camera doing? And Am I going to say the right things? And, da, 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 da. and all of a sudden, we're just caught up in, all of this in our mind, and we're actually missing out that connection with our heart and being tuned into what God is saying and asking us to do. So that, you're stuck with me the way I am. I'm not worrying about it. So First <laughs> Peter 5, 7 says, Casting all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. It's not a burden for the Lord. When we say cast our cares... We don't do it just because, all right, it gets us off. It's because he wants to. He wants your cares. He wants your burdens. He doesn't want you to take those on. He doesn't want you to pick them back up. He cares for you. So he's just saying, give it to me. I got this. I got this. Just give it to me. He cares for you. Isaiah 43, 7 says this, everyone who is called by my name, whom I have created for my glory, I have formed him. Yes, I have made him. God has created us for this time, for this moment. This isn't, all right, I have to do this, 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 and maybe if this is right and this is right. No, this is God saying, I have formed you. I have created you for my glory. We can be still and rest knowing that God, with the right heart and the right attitude, I want to align myself with your heart and with your will, what that is for my life. And we can be still in that. So do we worry what people say, what people think? 
I'm here to declare to you this morning, you were made for this. Amen? Are you guys with me? All right. Third area we're going to look at. How about, how about this one? Please don't show your hands if this is you. I mean, we'll just say that up front. How about this? Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't really care. I'm good. Yeah, people. I don't really like people. Oh, man. People are like, yeah, I know what you're saying, man. <laughs> How about that one? It's called being apathetic. Apathetic is showing or feeling just no interest or enthusiasm or concern. Just, just not caring, you know. I'm good. I got my box. Good to go. It's me and this guy. I don't really need anyone else, you know, or I, I, got, I got my one or two friends, we're good, people, you know, no, no thank you. I love it because we're laughing because some of y'all are like, mm-hmm. preach it. <laughs> and what that is, it's a heart issue. Psalmist wrote in Psalm 51, verses 10 through 13, Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence. Then I will teach transgressors your way, and sinners shall be converted to you. It it, it shouldn't be a... Yeah, that's cool. Jesus, right? Right? And I know, man, I'm guilty of it too sometimes, you know. People ask me, they'll come up and be like, hey, man, you, you okay? Is everything good with you? I don't know if it's the beard or something or if I got, you know, like that straight face or inside, but I need to be sure I'm letting it out on the outside that we're filled with joy because Jesus loves us so much that he came and he died for us. 1 Samuel 13, 14 says, But now your kingdom shall not continue. The Lord has sought for himself a man after his own heart. This is Samuel speaking to Saul. And the Lord has commanded him to be commander over his people because you have not kept what the Lord commanded you. By not being obedient to the Lord and not doing the things that he's asking to, it's showing here that we don't have, he didn't have a heart after the Lord. And really, we can almost judge our, ourselves in that. Man, am I doing this? Do I care about people? Do, do, does it matter what's going on in other people's lives? And it should if we have a heart after the Lord. Because just as we read in the very beginning, right? Jesus loves us. And we need to love each other. Second Chronicles 16.9 says this. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. That's the New King James Version. In the NIV, it says fully committed 
Are our hearts loyal to the Lord? Do we go after his things? Are we fully committed to him? Mark 12, 30. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all of your strength. This is the first commandment. Do we love the Lord with everything we have? If so, how does that show and how we interact with each other? So if you're one of those that are saying, yeah, I don't know, people, I'm here to declare to you this morning, give him your heart. When we have a heart after God, it becomes almost effortless to do the things that he asks. Because we're not all caught up in here and how do I do this? You know, it's like, it's almost like you connect and you understand the heartbeat of God and his love for people. That makes it easier to go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations. few more verses I want to share with you guys. John 15, 12, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I love you. 1 Peter 4, 9, right? We, we read it before. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. So if there's any of those three areas in our lives that maybe we're talking through and dealing with, and you're like, yeah, you know what? I may have a little bit of that going on in my life. Again, I just want to declare these statements over you. Valuable to God. You were made for this. Give him your whole heart. Amen? Amen. Now, it's not enough that we just sit here and we say, okay, those are cool things to say, right? All right, good talk. Ty, it was cool. Thumbs up. Hopefully. All right, on the way out the door and that's it, right? No. I think this is something that we need to put a little bit of action behind. And one of the ways, again, we're talking about discipleship. Maybe you're asking, saying, What does Calvary have to offer for discipleship? How can I be involved? I'm glad you asked. (laughs) We have something called Starting Point. How many of you guys have been through Starting Point? Right? Okay. A bunch. bunch. What that is, it's an introduction to who we are as a church, the history, uh, the staff, those types of things. But it's also about what we believe as a church, which is very important, right? So actually coming in and learning about the church is a way of getting involved with discipleship because you're learning and you're growing about what we believe. For people that have done that, we have foundations. Who here has been through foundations, right? Awesome, isn't it? It's awesome. What foundations is, it's kind of like that next step, and it's learning about uh, basic biblical principles and how we live our lives and the things that we need to do Uh, to grow in the Lord. Uh, We also have something called launch where 
in that process, you identify an area and say, you know what? I know God's called me more than just to come in and out on a Sunday and be active, be involved with something here at the church. So we have lunch where it's practical ministry training in a specific area. But as pastors, we pray over every single one of you. And we take time and we're quiet, we're still, and we seek the Lord and what he would have a word for you at that moment. There's freedom ministries where if we're dealing with certain things in our lives and from our past or, or bondages and those types of things and, and, and how we can have freedom in Christ. It's, that's one of those things where you can go once, you can go four times, you can go ten times and just keep learning more and more about how God has called us to live a life of freedom. Those are some of the areas. Another area that you can come involved with is our life groups. So who here, life groups, who's been involved with the life group? Okay, which is awesome. It's great participation. Why do we do life groups? What are they about? It's for fellowship. It's for discipleship um, to be able to interact with each other. And there's so many, you know, different, different things. So after the service today, I'm going to ask you guys, all right, so I'm going to be watching and marking down names when we walk out of here, right? <laughs> so if you saw, there's tables set up in between the two buildings today. And, and this is something that I want you guys to do. Just go and just walk over there, interact a little bit, and see. I think there's like 15 or 16 different life groups that are happening this semester. And, and go through and, and say, okay, Lord, is this something you want me to do? Where can I be involved? Because all of us are called to discipleship. So what areas, what can I sign up for? What, what can I be a part of? Okay, and, and, and I can see it now, right? Okay, just hear me out for a second here. Some of us are going to walk through, right, and say, yeah, no, there's nothing. I don't, I don't like any of that stuff. And I pray that that's not the case. But if it is, I want to challenge you to do one of two things. One, identify the gift, that the unique gift that God has given to you. And say, you know what? I am worthy. I am valuable. I was made for this. I have that heart of God, so I want to be able to share what God has blessed me with. And consider, at some point, having a life group of your own. Now, I love when Pastor Otis, when he's sharing for starting point, and one of the questions is, well, how do I become a leader of a life group? And guess what that is? You go through a life group. <laughs> go to foundations. Become involved. Somehow just say, there's more. Become actively involved in an area of ministry. I'm sure you guys don't hear it a lot from up here, right? It's, we're not up here hounding you and saying, you got to do this. You better. No, no, no. Please understand our heart, and that's to see the gift in every single one of you and to help to create a platform where you can take your gift and be able to share that with other people. See, some of you guys might be saying like, all right, Todd, that, that's cool and everything, but you're the connections pastor. You, ha you have to love people, right? You get paid to love people. That's your job, right? <laughs> and, and I trust that hopefully many of you I interact with, and there's some that I haven't, and I'm looking forward to that. But I trust that you would know that it, it's a heart thing. 
my interaction, the rest, rest of the pastors here on staff, is we love you guys. We absolutely love. We don't do this because we have to. We don't do it because it's a job description. We love you, and we want to see God's fullness in your life. But the few of us, that's not enough to be able to reach everyone in here and to reach the community. We need everyone to identify and say, God, I can do this. You're calling me to this. And and not let those things that we've dealt with in our minds stop us from stepping out. Amen? Amen. So I want to challenge you in that. Do you know that um, every Sunday morning that it takes 30 people to run kids' church? 30 people? Maybe you can say, you know what? I would love to help in the nursery. You know, what does that have to do with discipleship, right? We can disciple the little ones from age zero all the way up to 100, right? We're all being disciples. You can reach out. You can can be there for the kids and do skits and help with check-ins. That's part of being disciple is ministering to those kids. You guys know that we send vans out every Wednesday to pick up youth that have no way of getting to church? You know what it takes? People willing to drive a van. Yeah, I don't like getting up in front of people. I can't speak. I get, you know, this and that. And I can drive a van, right? How about when you walked in here today? How about those beautiful people saying good morning, welcome to Calvary, giving you a high five, saying we're glad. Isn't it awesome when you, when you come in here, it's just that environment, it's warm and welcoming? People in here, you can smile, you can say hello, right? So in the youth, did you know that there's a team of people that actually come through the facilities and help clean and set up and tear down? People that have said, man, I can't do much, but you know what? I can set tables up. There are so many different ways that we can offer ourselves and help to create an atmosphere of fellowship and bonding with each other and discipleship. So I want to challenge you in doing that today. And again, if you're saying, man, I don't know. I, I don't think I have what it takes. I'm, well, I, I tell you what, none of us are perfect, right? Right? We've all sinned. We all fall short, right? That's what Scripture tells us. I have something to confess. I am not perfect. Yeah, and, and my beautiful wife, Maria, watching in Buffalo, New York today said, amen, amen right? <laughs> no, none of us are. There's no difference from people that are on the platform or here. We are all the same. We are one body. Jesus died for all of us, and we all have something to offer. So I just want to encourage you today, as we leave, that you would go out, take, take, take a look at the life group, see what's happening, what's going on, and ask the Lord. Say, Lord, this year, how can I step out and not just be discipled, but help to disciple other people?